You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We've got a great show for you today. We're talking about mobile payments with Interact uh, in the game here in Canada. So we'll uh, explain how that uh, could shape your future. Lots of uh, crazy stuff in the news this week here as far as tech stuff, uh, Andy. Uh, Facebook. A lot of us use Facebook. Now they've got, uh, I guess, different reactions or uh, emoticons you can use instead of just liking something. You can say that you're sad or angry or wow. Okay. I know you love Facebook. Okay. <laughs> if there's one thing I know that you love, it is Facebook. I've never talked to you about this. What do, what do you think? Because I know you're a very uh, active Facebook user. The only reason I'm an active Facebook user is just to keep up uh, two things. With friends and family. Yes. Uh, just to see what's going on. I like the pictures uh, and just, you know, keeping uh, in touch. Uh, and actually for a business perspective as well because uh, for a lot of my – uh, business associates and clients, you know, I friend them on Facebook. So it's always interesting to see what they're doing, how they're doing. So it just kind of, you know, keeps a tighter uh, relationship uh, with them. Um, I don't know. So they've got these new things. So instead of just liking something, you can actually say you're sad or angry. I forget all of them. I'd, I don't care about it. Have you, have you used it yet, though? No, That's the big no, question. I don't want to. I just, you know, if I want to like something, fantastic. So I'm kind of like a, a little social scientist. I love to see like social media and how it's uh, developing. One thing I've noticed, though, if you look anybody, and I, I, I encourage everybody to check this out. Go on your Facebook and look at your feed right now and see how many people are using it. Because I want to be that guy that uses the angry thing and just start making everything angry and confuse people. They're like, why is he so angry? He's such an angry man. <laughs> well, you know, this is actually uh, interesting as well. Uh, I I think, you know, uh, there's there's two reasons for this. And I talked to Jill Bennett uh, on her show this morning about it. Uh, number one, I think they're um, trying to be uh, more competitive and more in touch with the kids, as, as we like to call them. Uh, kids aren't using Facebook as much anymore. They're on to other things like Snapchat. Snapchat. Um, so having these, uh, these tools to express their emotions more, uh, I think, is one way they're trying to appeal to them. Uh, but probably the more important thing is they're trying to sell more ads. And so by knowing what you're feeling about certain things, that helps Facebook target advertisements to you even better. Not only that, they can give good reports to their clients going, yep. Here, here's how people reacted to this certain ad. It's going to be a change of behavior. One thing that was really interesting about this, and this is something that people have wanted for a long time, no dislike button. You know, you have like, but you don't get the chance to dislike. And I think uh, that wasn't... That happened on purpose there. Facebook is really trying to avoid to have a dislike button because, uh, you know, there's someone in the States running for president like Donald Trump. Imagine if there was a dislike button and Donald <laughs> Trump posts coming on your feed, you know, that you, it would, you would get both sides I, I of that coin. I think maybe you could just use the angry, <laughs> yeah, the exactly. angry one. Uh, so have you used it? I haven't used it, no. But I've been watch- I'm watching everybody on my feed and how they do it. I'm telling you right now, if you get an angry uh, – Reaction from me, I'm doing an experiment. <laughs> I just want to see how so people... Are... All my posts of my kids, you're just going to be like, angry. I'm angry. I'm angry. Because you don't like my kids. No, no, it's for research purposes, Mike. I'm just giving you that, that disclaimer right now. Crazy times. Uh, over in Spain in the past week, uh, they've had their big uh, World Mobile Congress. This is kind of a, a big trade show for... Uh, smartphone uh, manufacturers to show off their latest and greatest, more so for the Android uh, side of smartphones. Apple doesn't care about that stuff. They exactly. Just, they have their own events. They, they beat on their own drum, right? I, exactly. Uh, but it's interesting uh, 
just how that landscape is changing. So one of the leaders on the Android side of smartphones is Samsung. Uh, they're the biggest smartphone manufacturer in the world, but the competition is superheating up for them from Chinese manufacturers. Huawei, uh, I think there's like TL, ZTE, ZTE, or TCL, sorry. Uh, the name I can never pronounce, Xiaomi. Is it Zomi? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I can't pronounce an, it. Spelled with an X. Um, they're making like high end smartphones now that compete directly against the likes of Samsung and LG and HTC for a fraction of the price. So I, I think we've all seen it. You know, you want a new smartphone, you want one of these shiny new iPhones or Samsung Galaxy phones. They're upwards of a thousand dollars now for a new one without a contract. So these Chinese uh, smartphones, they're coming in just at a few hundred dollars, and you get most of the same bells and whistles. And you're seeing the price. And you know what? What? What's I guess concerning to to the Samsungs of the world is that how do you make money? How do you make money if if you have a competitor that is offering, I'd say, eighty to ninety percent of the same features in the smartphone yeah. at a fraction of that price? Yeah. You can't compete. And so what we saw, and we saw this about two years ago, and it's coming back, but you saw the end of the middle-class smartphone. It was either premium or these budget-friendly smartphones. We're starting to see that, that middle class now. You're, you're seeing a lot of more people trying to buy a smartphone outright without having a contract on their carrier. Yeah. So they're willing to well, pay the, four the to five. Have done away with most of that now, right? It, well, exactly. Yeah. And um, a lot of people want just an unlocked phone. Look at Asus. Asus, another you know Asian brand. They come into the smartphone market. They did not you know, partner with one of the big telecoms in Canada. They said, "Here's the Zenfone. It has dual SIMs. Yeah. It's unlocked. You can buy it at you know at a retailer. You can buy it online, and you just put your your SIM into it, and you can use it." And it's, oh, by the way, it has four gigs of RAM. Yeah. And this is a, a middle-class phone. So the spec-wise is really up there in, the, in terms of like comparing it to the premium brands. But it's an unlocked phone that you could buy. And they've actually got a big market share because of that. And now you have all this competition. Nobody's making money. Apple's the only company that makes money in smartphones. Well, you know, you look at the numbers. And uh, when it comes to smartphone profits for the whole industry, it's Apple. Like, I forget what the numbers are, but it's like 80% plus. That but that's, Apple makes. That's one of the criticisms of Apple because they're like, this is an iPhone company. All their money comes from the iPhone. If suddenly people stop buying iPhones or maybe go to the other Asian brands, they don't really make money elsewhere. The Apple Watch did not take off, I'm sure, as, as they would like to. Well, it's still billions of dollars in sales on that thing. Yeah, and it's funny because like Apple gets into the smartwatch business and then suddenly they're one of the leaders just yep. by virtue of being yeah, Apple. By, by size. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, they need to kind of have that, that other new product category because uh, they are an iPhone company. If you look at the numbers, all their money comes from the iPhones, and that's putting all your eggs in one basket. So, A lot of rumors about uh, an Apple car. Yes. What do you think? I think that would be the next step. And a lot of those rumors come because they're starting to get all these engineers. who Down in Silicon Valley, yeah. From Silicon Valley who yeah. worked at Tesla and worked at these other you know, Google and the self-driving cars. So. I think it's going to be a couple of years before they come out with that, but uh, that's really where they have to keep something like that secret. It's, you know what I mean? You've hired thousands of engineers. Where, where do you where do you keep that car? Well, have you seen their new uh, headquarters that they're they're, yes. they're building? Yeah, it's like a spaceship. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. There's cool. some great drone footage, by the way. If you want to see, it. you can go on YouTube and you can look at somebody has flown a drone over their new spaceship headquarters. So. That's where they're keeping them. They probably have them in a bunker. Underground in a special <laughs> yeah, exactly. track uh, where they test it. But, I mean, that's going to be interesting. I mean, Tesla is kind of the, the big electric car company right now. Uh, Chevy is coming out with the Bolt 
later this this year. At a great price, too. Yeah, I think um, I think they've actually beat Tesla to the, the punch and coming out with an electric car, or will be coming out, uh, at a reasonable price. And so it'll be interesting if Apple does come out with a car. Like, what kind of price point will that be? You know, because everything that Apple makes is, you know, a premium price. Exactly. Is that a hundred thousand dollar car? I, I think I think you're gonna they're gonna go the same route as Tesla and go for the premium side, and then maybe work so? may, over time, just like they did with the iPhone. You know, yeah. they came out with the five C. Remember that? That was yeah. big news. It was a more of an affordable iPhone solution. Yeah. So I think they'll probably try to get the big market because they have, you know, they got a loyal loyal fan base, so they know they can make money off it if they do come out with a premium car. We are going to have to take a break. Uh, when we're coming back, we're talking about uh, digital mobile payments. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Got a, still a great show happening here. We'll be talking about digital payments uh, in a moment. We'll also be taking your calls and questions later on in the back half of the show. We'll be your tech support. Andy, uh, we got a prize this week? That's right. We got a fantastic prize. If you're in the market of building your own computer like I used to do when I was a teenager, you're going to want to enter this contest this week. We're giving away the Pacer AS330 SSD. This is like basically a solid state drive for your computer. You can put it in both laptops and on desktop computers. And also, we're giving away the Bladefire DDR4 RAM. This is probably the best RAM I've ever come across. It has LED <laughs> lights on it. So when you, if you're making like a gamer kind of computer, yeah. you put this into your it motherboard. It has lights on the RAM? It's got Who's going to see lights. that? No, because a lot of people have like open cases. That's right. Gamers, and they, they even yeah. have like water cooling systems. Yeah. Like It almost makes me want to build a machine just for the sake of building one. But you got to check this out. The Apacer Bladefire. It's DDR4 RAM. We're giving away two... St- Eight gigabyte sticks, and um, it's got lights on it. That's all you got to know. <laughs> so go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, to enter and win uh, some great stuff if you're going to build it your own computer. want to talk payment technology. Do you remember in the old days, Andy, or maybe you were too young for this, when I wanted to go buy something, I had to have cash. Yes. I had to go to the bank, fill out a little withdrawal slip, get some cash, and then buy. Uh, bank cards came out. Amazing. And... Uh, the funny thing is, though, they would only work with a specific bank. So mm-hmm. if you had a, a CIBC account, you could only use CIBC machines. Yeah. And I remember day came, and they told me, you can use that card in any bank machine now. And I thought, technology will never get better than this. But it has. But it has. And uh, I'm waiting for that day where my phone can be my digital wallet. So uh, on the line right now, we've uh, got a guest to talk about uh, digital payments. Uh, our friend uh, Avinash Chidambaram, uh, he's the VP of Products and Platform Development over at Interact. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. So I wanted to get you uh, on the line uh, just to talk about uh, how Interact is uh, working with digital payments. Uh, you know, I've got my iPhone, and I would love to use that as my, my digital wallet. How far away am I from that? Well, we, we've just delivered the infrastructure that allows us to support that exact use case. So, you know, we've we've owned the um, ability, as you said, from a card to be able to pay with a card. But even better than paying with a card, we don't use Magstripes uh, or any of that sort of stuff in Canada. We've gone well past that. We use a chip and pin technology where we create a cryptographic secure um, representation of the payment so that there's virtually no fraud in Canada. We have 
out of the 5 billion transactions that we do per year, virtually no fraud. And we invented and created a service that brought that same technology and that same security into the with the ability for you to now deliver those credentials into mobile phones. So starting very shortly, um, we will be enabling you to uh, add your card to a mobile phone so that you can tap it at a point of sale. Or um, more importantly, we're looking at all those digital use cases where, for example, you may want to order your groceries from an app on your phone and then go to the grocery store and pick it up by authenticating with your phone. Or, you know, some of our, our retailers are telling us they'd like to enable use cases where, uh, you know, you may drive up to your gas station, you pick the uh, you pick the pump that you're going to use, and once you've finished pumping your gas, you just use your fingerprint and you pay out of your, from your debit account and drive off. And so we want to make sure that we can enable all those use cases which our retailers are working on and which our consumers are telling us they really want to, they really want us to enable. I'm excited about this because I'm carrying too many cards. So I'd, I'd love to have that all on my uh, smartphone. Um, do the retailers have the technology now for this to all work? Well, the reason that we've strategically decided to put this infrastructure in place is we know that many of our retailers are starting to invest in this technology. So, you know, it, it's you might have heard of things like web rooming or showrooming where people shop for things on the web and pick it up in store, or they may even go into a store and pick it up on the web. And all those kinds of models in which you've chosen chosen to buy something are starting to merge. And so retailers are saying, we need to allow our customers to buy any way that they want to. But they still want that high level of security, the low fraud that we're known for. And uh, so we, for example, don't have any chargebacks for our customers. We don't have any liability um, on any trans- fraudulent transactions for consumers. We needed to preserve all of that. And that's what we've done in creating this infrastructure. Avinash, there's a lot of competition in the mobile space. You know, you got, of course, you got Apple with their Apple Pay, Samsung with their Samsung Pay. And let's not forget, Google is trying to get into this business. Does this mean Interact is uh, competing in that space? Or are you basically creating the backbone infrastructure for mobile payments in the future for all these different types of uh, options for consumers? We've created the backbone. We enable any bank and any consumer to put a card onto any one of those wallets from those platforms. In fact, you're going to be seeing very shortly banks coming out with mobile banking applications that allow you to pay right from their banking app. But soon you'll be able to use that across any one of those platforms and across any one of those pays um, that you just listed. Do you think it's getting confusing for consumers? Because they're hearing all these different types of payment options. Um, and, you know, I, I talked to my parents about this, and they don't even know what's going on. But everybody knows Interact. Everybody yes. well, understands that's, that. Yeah, that's kind of the exciting thing, right? Because I'm excited by these technologies. You know, I hear about Apple Pay and, you know, uh, Samsung Wallet or whatever they're calling it. But, you know, what, which one do I use? You know, I was taken by your comment that you started off this segment with. Because I still have cash in my pocket, and I've been around for almost 5,000 years. Yep. And if you go to my grandfather, he's going to say, you know what? You're going to take this cash out of my cold, dead hand. <laughs> because he trusts that model. Yeah. But if, we, if I look at my children, they're buying things off iTunes. They're buying things on their devices. And they think that's the most natural path for someone to make a purchase. They don't understand why I'm carrying cash and cards around with me when I have a phone that can just do it. And so I think that really different segments are going to be more or less comfortable with these technologies. And if we sort of look at the people who are younger, who are millennials, I think they're really, you know, looking forward to having this technology in Canada. 
So I guess the bottom line is uh, obviously the retailers have to have this technology uh, and uh, I guess slowly consumers with their smartphones uh, will be able to start working with it. Yeah, I think it's going to be much faster than we might have anticipated. It Because it, if you think about those experiences, they really are more convenient. Um, and once we've, we've started to educate people on, on why it's still secure, why there's still no fraud, and how it's a little bit easier to use, uh, I think we're going to find that, that the adoption curve is going to be really impressive. Avanesh, I want to thank you so much for coming uh, on the show. And uh, when this uh, all starts uh, happening, uh, we'll get you back on to uh, explain uh, how it's working. And maybe you can do some tests like, depositing some cash into Andy and I's uh, accounts. That'd be great. <laughs> so, so we can test it out. Uh, where can people find out more information? Uh, you can find out more information from our website at interact.ca. Fantastic. Thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, I'm going to open up the phone lines, Andy. We're going to take any tech calls and questions now for the last uh, bit of the show. one 9898 if you're phoning long distance from anywhere in North America. U.S. or Canada. And uh, if you're phoning locally here, 604-280-9898. Again, 604-280-9898. When we come back, we will uh, take your calls and uh, we'll also uh, give out the contest details uh, one more time. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Brar. We're opening up the phone lines. We want to take your uh, tech calls and questions. We'll be your on-air tech support. Or if you need buying advice, we can help you with that as well. 1-877-399-9898. And if you're phoning anywhere long distance, uh, well, that was the toll-free number. If you're phoning locally, sorry, 604-280-9898. The number again, 604-280-9898. also in the news, uh, Andy, uh, IBM Watson. Yeah. They're building in emotional intelligence to this uh, supercomputer. So basically, not only is Watson going to be able to beat you in jeopardy, it's also going to probably score more dates than you because they're, they're basically creating an algorithm for emotional intelligence. And uh, it's basically what it does is it understands the, the way that you write and the kind of tone that that writing gives. Is it friendly? Is it kind of passive-aggressive? And so it's going to start to understand what you're saying when you, through written um, when you like write something online, and there's a a website that's about to come out a new dating site that's going to start to use this technology this API that that basically IBM is is giving out there to developers, they're going to use this technology for people that are doing online dating to analyze your your first initial message that you send to somebody. So you know like you you maybe see somebody online you want to talk to them, everyone's always worried about the first thing you say. This algorithm is going to help you to tell you before you send it if it is a friendly message or not. This is the world we live in, Mike. I'm having a hard time with this one, Andy. <laughs> like, really? Can this thing really help you? Hey, why, why Watson you wanna... can beat you in jeopardy. I'm, yeah, I'm... I know, but why do you want a computer helping you write your first Because people are nervous. Line. People I, are very nervous. Sure, but that's, that's it... the beauty of it. Well, now you got, you got an algorithm that is using a lot of data about words. I know, but then it's not you anymore, right? It's a computer helping you pick the right line. <laughs> right? <laughs> Essentially. Funny. It is funny. I agree. So is, this... it really, is it really helping you match up with someone that's... Do you know what they call it? Do you know what they call it? Tone analyzer. So it is analyzing the tone of your written messages to tell you if it's friendly or not or if you're going to score a date with somebody online um, rather than just trying to do it freestyle like, hey, 
How's it going? <laughs> this is crazy. So this uh, this new dating website uh, called Connect Connect Diddy, yeah, uh, is going to have this built in. So as you're writing your uh, your line, it basically is analyzing uh, the text on how it conveys like different emotions, things like joy, disgust, fear, sadness, or cheerfulness, and it'll also give you feedback uh, on what kind of social aspects you're conveying. Are you sounding like open and agreeable, uh, conscientious, desperate? Desperate. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please go out with me. (laughs) Rewrite. It's like you don't want to say that. (laughs) You know, it kind of reminds me. Remember that '80s show? Uh, Was that was a movie? Weird Science. Yes. Where those guys made that girl. Yeah. It's kind of like that, except Watson's a dude, or at least a computer. But when it when it won Jeopardy, that was big news. I think that was in like '99 or something. It was yeah. it was a while ago, and uh, it beat uh, what what does that guy's name Jennings? Uh, I can't remember his first name. Yeah, the the Jeopardy champ, and he just couldn't beat Watson, and it was a big well, news. It's a computer that has access to every piece of information in the world, and he's like, he goes, how, does, how do you compete against? And you know that? what he said? Ken Jennings, that's the yeah. guy, that's the Jeopardy champ. He said, he goes, I know the answers. I just can't answer it as fast as this computer does because it's just like yeah. instantaneous. Yeah. And it's, That's it, not a fair fight. No, it's not. No. But now now this... Well, now Ken can get dates. Exactly. <laughs> Ken, Ken can actually <laughs> get some dates. Help. We've opened up the phone line, 604-280-9898, taking your tech calls and questions. We're open line here on Get Connected. We're going to jump here to... Uh, is it Praveen? Hi. Hi there. Hi. What can we do for you? Yeah, I, I have a Shaw high-definition box, but I'm uh, hooking, hooking it up to a... Uh, HDTV from Samsung I just uh, recently bought, but I noticed that the volume, you have to crank it up so high to be able to watch regular TV, yet when uh, I put in a DVD or something, and that is very high, which is good. Yeah, is uh, is the Shawbox uh, hooked up with an HDMI cable? Yeah. Yeah, and so what you're saying basically is when you're watching TV, you can't get the volume high enough. Yeah, I mean, you have to crank it up so high, like it's uh, going up to 90 or 100. Yeah. Any thoughts there, Andy? Uh, Because typically HDMI is just one cable uh, from whatever device, whether that's a DVD or Blu-ray player or your cable box to your TV that carries the the sound and uh, the picture. And so essentially when you put that cable box in there, uh, it's taking over the picture of the TV uh, and also you can control the volume. Well, it's sending the audio signal yeah. to the television. So I don't know if um, if it's fully taken over the audio from the television. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, the, unfortunately, I don't have a Shaw box, so I can't kind of tell you the insides. But it's got to have some amplifying feature inside the box itself. Because if you're playing a, a normal – if your t- television on just like normal cable or yeah. say on a DVD is is loud – it's basically not amplifying that signal before it gets into your television and through those speakers. So inside that box itself, it's got to have some probably setting to to increase the the decibels of the signal before it gets to your television. So, so you're gonna have to settings, yeah. you're gonna have to look inside those settings to see if there's an audio feature there. Yeah, interesting. So also uh, typically with these uh, remotes for the the boxes, uh, they're kind of like a universal remote, and when the installer comes in. He sets it up with your, your specific TV. So I don't know. Maybe that didn't set up properly. I, I would actually give Shaw a call. They're actually really great uh, as far as the service uh, is concerned. They can uh, you know, typically help you out on the phone or they'll send a guy down to, to fix that. You could even send like, uh, like submit a ticket to Shaw yeah. because you are a customer. You can do that online, and I'm sure they can give you step-by-step instructions to help you solve that problem. Or the old-fashioned way, Andy. You just call them. 
Yeah, that's so old school, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I like calling people. It's uh, it's just better that way. Uh, I'm going to give out the phone lines one more time here. 604-280-9898. When we come back from the break, we'll take more of your calls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. It's Mike and Andy here in studio today. We're taking your calls and questions. We'll get uh, to the callers here in a moment, 604-280-9898. Andy, the uh, contest. we got a fantastic contest today. If you're in the market to build your own computer for a or fraction. S- or soup it up. Or soup up your computer, you're going to want to enter this contest. We're giving away the Apacer Panther SSD. This is a solid-state drive for your computer. Unlike hard disk drives that have moving parts, solid state is all basically, it's, it's like... Digital. It's, well, yeah, it's kind of like a little circuit board. Like, it's kind of like flash drive. You know, everyone has those little thumb yeah, drives. digital memory cards, right? Except this is um, for your, it, you internally put inside your computer, and yep. it is fast. So you know what people do with these, especially the gamers? They'll set that up as like their first or primary drive, their C drive, and keep the operating, operating system, system on there. Yes. And then they'll have a, a secondary, larger, like normal hard drive for... You know, tons of storage. And so the advantage there is that when they're booting up or running, you know, some of their main programs, it's lightning fast off yes. of that drive. The startup is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, my teenagers, they've got a, you know, a couple of desktop PCs they use for gaming and stuff. And that's what they've done on their computers. And it's like made a world of difference. So definitely something, uh, you know, if you want to really get some performance boost uh, on your a desktop PC, you got to get one of these. Not only that, we're going to give away some RAM because everybody could use some more RAM in their computer. So you got to enter this contest because we're giving two in one. We're giving you an SSD uh, hard drive and also the Apacer Bladefire dual channel memory kit. It's two sticks of eight gigabytes of DDR RAM. DDR4. DDR4. RAM. Yeah, which so is it, lightning fast. It runs DDR4. This is kind of geeky, but DDR4 compared to DDR3, basically it runs half as hot and twice as fast. And this RAM is so good that you can overclock it, and that's when you actually make it go speeds beyond what the manufacturer tried to do. Yeah. You can overclock it up to 3,300 megahertz. And the problem is when you overclock, and I learned this as a kid, Mike, everything gets hot yes. in, your, in your computer. Yeah. So this, this actual RAM dissipates the heat across the entire RAM chip so that it doesn't get too hot at one place. And it also has LED lights on it. So it, when, you plug it into your, awesome. when you plug it into your motherboard, it's going to start flashing lights. And that's great for e-gamers out there who build their own computers. Getconnectedmedia.com. Hit the contest page to enter to win. We're going to jump here to the phone lines. we got Bonnie on the line. Hey, Bonnie. Hi there. Hi. Thanks very much for taking my call. You bet. I'm thinking of uh, going to streaming for my TV programs and movies. Uh, do I need an antenna and a streaming box? And if I do, what is the best? Uh, what kind of... Do you have a smartphone right now? Uh, no. No? I, uh, no. I, yes, I do. I have a smartphone, yeah. What kind? Uh, it is a... Um, it's like an Android phone or an yeah, iPhone? Yeah, Android, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, so many different streaming options uh, out there, uh, Andy. Uh, so, yeah, you're going to need some type of streaming box, like, for example, uh, a Roku, yes. spelled R-O-K-U, uh, or an Apple TV, both fantastic options. They range in price from, like, 100 bucks to 200 bucks, depending which model you want. Uh, but these are little boxes uh, that basically hook up with one cable, an HDMI cable, to the back of your TV. And they come with a remote, and from there, you can set up different services like Netflix uh, or Show Me, which is uh, Shaw's new service, or, or Crave. Uh, so those are uh, streaming services. They're about 10 bucks a month. 
for for the streaming. Yeah, yeah, roughly about ten dollars a month. And you know what? A lot of great content. Yeah, well, Lots of great content. The first one you want to get is Netflix, just yeah. because they not only does Netflix have a lot of shows on it, they make their own shows, and yeah. that's what the other streaming companies don't do. I agree with you one hundred percent. The Roku for anybody that's trying to get into the whole streaming business, that is the number one. They have different versions too. You can get even like a Roku for about seventy dollars. They have one that's like a almost looks like a USB stick, except it's HDMI, yeah. and you put it into the back of your uh, television. You want to make sure that your TV does have an HDMI port. If you bought it from any time from 2006 onwards, it should have it. Yeah. And it is super easy. It is user-friendly. It comes with a remote. Just about anybody can use it. I'd uh, almost recommend getting you know a couple streaming services. Yes. Because uh, you know, Netflix, fantastic. Tons of movies and original programming. Uh, and like Show Me, they've got tons of movies that and television shows that Netflix doesn't have. And don't forget about YouTube. You know how much content is on YouTube? I watch it. Probably. I don't know if Bonnie's going to be watching YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's a lot of great like shows. I watch a lot of documentaries on YouTube. So. Do you? Oh, yeah, oh, all the time. Interesting. Uh, you know, Bonnie, I recommend going down, go down to one of the London Drugs, uh, you know, uh, technology departments there. Uh, those guys are fantastic. They can actually tell you the exact one that you need to get for, you know, what kind of stuff you're going to do. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they recommend the Roku. I think it is probably the easiest streaming. I, I do like the Apple TV, but yeah, but it, that, it, it doesn't make sense if you don't have like Apple devices at home. Because then you really take advantage of it. So check it out, Roku. R O K U. You're right, Rosalie on the line. How you doing? Oh, good, thank you. What can we do for you? Yes, I have a Toshiba um, laptop. Yeah, and um, it is, it keeps saying that it will not uh, stay, it doesn't stay connected to the internet or the, uh, the Wi-Fi. Yeah. And uh, we have other computers um, in the house, and uh, they have no problems yeah. with that. So I'm, I'm just wondering if that means my hard drive is, is broken or something. No, I don't think so. Have you, have you tried, it's a laptop, obviously. Have you tried uh, connecting, like if you're out at a coffee shop, to other Wi-Fi networks? No, I, I don't take it outside, no. Okay. So, you know, when you have these types of problems, you've got to try to figure out what is the problem. So yeah. I would try something like that, you know, go down to a McDonald's or a Starbucks and try hooking into their Wi-Fi network and see, or a friend's place, yeah. and see if you're having the, the same uh, issue. Um, always as well uh, with uh, Windows laptops and any computer for that matter, you always want to make sure you have the latest updates. And you can go into the Windows Update uh, feature. Uh, you might also go to the Toshiba website uh, to their support section and type in the model number of your particular laptop and see if they've got any updates there as well. Uh, that way you can rule out you know, if there's uh, any software uh, issues uh, as well. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, it's App of the Week time with Christina. You're back with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo in studio today. We're uh, talking apps now. It's App of the Week time with Christina. Thanks for coming on down. What do we got? We have a really cool app that is really popular in other cities, but has not taken off for us in Vancouver, and we need this one. It's called Waze. Okay, this this is actually a cool app. I've I've seen it used in a number of cities. When I was in Toronto, everyone's using it. All the Uber drivers are using it. So it's it's like a GPS and direction program, turn-by-turn direction program. Yes, that's correct. But it goes a step further because there's a community component to it. So even if you're just driving um, and you have the Waze app open, you're actually recording and uploading data to the community about how long it takes to get places, et cetera, et cetera. 
And you can actually also actively report things that are happening on the roads, accidents, roadblocks, hazards, whatever the case may be. So you're actually able to help other drivers navigate the city. And it's actually pretty accurate, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's really cool. I, I love this because I, uh, I commute in uh, to my work downtown uh, from uh, South Surrey every day, actually six days a week. Uh, and, you know, it takes me about an hour to get in. And uh, this is a fantastic app because now I can see, uh, you know, what direction I'm going if there's going to be any challenges, accidents, and how long it will take me. Yes, and the cool thing is that that information is uploaded live by other users who are experiencing that traffic. I heard this is uh, actually owned by Google. Yes, I've heard this too. That's uh, very cool. Waze, but uh, W-A-Z-E. Yes, that's right. And it's free. So um, check it out. I mean, in Toronto, I think the user base is like 175,000. Yeah. And 103, I heard, in Montreal. But Vancouver is almost non-existent, and we need this. We need everyone to jump on board this thing because it'll make all our lives better. Yes. All of our commutes will be And available for uh, Android and iPhones. That's right. Yes. Waze, W-A-Z-E. If you are driving at all and use uh, a GPS app or turn-by-turn directions, you've got to check this thing out. It is simply amazing. So, Andy, uh, this Waze app, I've been using it. And even when I took off uh, from my home uh, this morning, uh, I used Waze all the way in. But then as I got near downtown Vancouver... I turned it off because I thought, you know, I want to save some battery because I'm going to be out today. And uh, guess what? I get into the middle of downtown core, police set up like roadblocks all over Seymour, and I'm just trapped. Now, if you had the Waze app still open. If I had it still open, uh, I would have gotten alert. Uh, Police, roadblock. And I could have diverted before I got stuck in that big chunk of traffic here. You know, it's uh, not freak you out well, showing up a minute before airtime. <laughs> I always tell you, I'm like, come, come early. You never know what happens, but you rely on this technology and then you stop using it. I know. Just probably some uh, bad advice. The, the thing about Waze is that it's owned by Google. Yeah. It's cool. And so I, it was funny because they came by our studio uh, like two weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, okay, explain to me how you make money. Like what? You just make this app. And uh, it turns out they make from the ads. Because Google is obviously into the advertising business, they actually will have ads inside Waze, and that's how they're able to do that. But the community, really, it's all basically user-generated content. Like if you're in a traffic stop, you know, you put it on Waze. So it's like the real community is the one that posts all the, the updates. So all the time we have left for today's show. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the uh, program together. Of course, Andy Barrar, my co-host and producer, Christina Stoyanova, our uh, app expert who comes in. Uh, every week to uh, tell us about the world of apps and uh, the rest of the team back at uh, the office, Paul, uh, Sherry, and uh, Yolanda. Mike and Annie, forget connected, logging off. We'll see you again next week.